Hello, welcome to Hari Cuts. I'm Hari Stephen Kumar, and this is our pandemic season of this podcast. And here we are, episode 11, uh, and it is on Monday, April 20th. So, happy 420 day, everybody. Uh, it seems even more fitting uh, this year on 420 day, in the middle of a global pandemic, that um, we ought to take a little respite from <laughs> everything that's going on. And... Um, Go away for a little while to 1996 uh, with David Foster Wallace on a cruise in the Caribbean. So let's uh, let's take it uh, uh, away and let's check in on David Foster Wallace in section 11 of his essay, A Supposedly Fun Thing I'll Never Do Again, from 1996. Traveling at sea for the first time is a chance to realize that the ocean is not one ocean. The water changes. The Atlantic that seeds off the eastern U.S. is glaucous and lightless and looks mean. Around Jamaica, though, it's more like a milky aquamarine and translucent. Off the Cayman Islands, it's an electric blue. And off Cozumel, it's almost purple. Same sort of deal with the beaches. You can tell right away that South Florida sand is descended from rocks. It hurts your bare feet and has that sort of minerally glitter to it. But Ocho Rios's beach is more like dirty sugar. And Cozumel's is like clean sugar. And at places along the coast of Grand Cayman, the sand's texture is more like flour, silicate. It's white as dreamy and vaporous as clouds white. The only real constant to the nautical topography of the MV Nader's Caribbean is something about its unreal an almost retouched looking prettiness. Footnote 73. It is not beautiful, it is pretty. There is a difference. End footnote. Is there something about its unreal and almost retouched looking prettiness? It's impossible to describe quite right, but the closest I can come is to say that it all looks expensive. Yep, and that was the end of section 11. That's a very, very short section. That was just a paragraph. And uh, of course, even in just that one paragraph, uh, David Foster Wallace tends to uh, put in a few interesting words, the way he describes the, the water and the sand. Uh, and even in just that one paragraph, he has a little footnote about apparently there's a difference between being beautiful and being pretty when it comes to describing the, the sand, the, uh, the topography, the Caribbean around there. <laughs> so yes, it's an uneven essay. And yes, um, we had a long, long section yesterday. It's a very, very short section today. Um, who knows what tomorrow is going to bring? Uh, it's the nature of a of life in a pandemic. Every day is uh, it's 
it seems repetitive and yet it seems different each day. Um, few quick Hari notes. Um, one of the things I noticed as I was reading the news, uh, as I'm trying not to read the news, but one item that caught my eye is that apparently the last three cruise ships in the world that are still cruising right now have finally docked today. These are cruises that were underway when the pandemic um, hit. So these were some, some cruise ships that still had passengers on them. Um, and these these were the last cruise ships to finally uh, dock and, and uh, let, let their passengers out. Uh, and, and so now as of today, there are no more passenger cruise ships currently at sea with passengers on them. And, and that feels like an interesting moment to think about with, as we're reading this essay about cruise ships. Um, you know, uh, for, for some of these cruise ships, uh, people interviewed the passengers as they, were, as they were getting off. These were passengers who got word of the pandemic while they were on a cruise. And of course, there was panic on some of these cruise ships because some of, the, some of these cruise ships had uh, coronavirus cases on them um, that had to be evacuated. And the remaining passengers were in a panic as to, is the virus going to you know, continue on board? And some of these cruise ships, I think one of them uh, had no uh, COVID cases at all. So for a while, these about 2,000 or so people on, on board this ship were cruising for weeks uh, from Australia all the way back to Europe. Uh, with no COVID on board. And it was this sort of one isolated bubble in the world where there was no COVID uh, for those few weeks. And now those passengers are <laughs> disembarking into a world where the virus is everywhere. Um, and so one of the things I've been thinking about is this idea of, of uh, cruises coming to a stop now. And it's not just cruises, but... Um, uh, you know, much of transport, global transport, has come to a stop. Uh, but the thought of the oceans now uh, not having these large mega cruise ships cruising around, uh, and and the whole idea of cruising now having taken a pause, there's a stillness to that idea. Uh, similarly, to the to the thought that there are so much uh, fewer, uh, so many fewer uh, flights in the air. Uh, right now, uh, passenger flights. And there's been data that's been uh, showing that just over the past couple of months or so of this pandemic, you can actually see the difference in the data on environmental uh, pollution. Uh, the skies are noticeably getting cleaner. Uh, cities such as Los Angeles and New Delhi uh, have been, you know, residents in those cities are are, are are finally seeing blue skies for the first time in many of their lives in generations, um, and 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 in, in many of those residents are quite literally breathing easier now because of the 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 pollution that's that's been taken away from the the stoppage the stillness. Um, there's also pictures on Instagram uh, of empty streets in some of our biggest cities, empty streets in New York, empty streets in Paris, empty streets in London, um, and, the, and, and of tourist destinations around the world where there are no tourists. Um, and it just seems like this, this pristine, clean stillness, uh, a world without tourists, seems appealing. And... The word that David Foster Wallace described it 
uh, about the Caribbean, something about it feeling unreal and almost retouched looking prettiness. It seems, it looks pretty and it's, it looks expensive. There is a cost to all this. So of course, um, there's the human cost in terms of the number of people that have, that have died over the past two, three months, just in that, in that short span, span of time. And the number of people that are, that have died who have, who have not been counted among the dead. Um, uh, in this time, and the number of people that are currently still dying. And then there are those of us who are living and struggling with this virus as well. And then, then the many of us who are, who are coping with life on pause. Um, and there were many uh, articles written about how this is a time for reflection. Um, and there is, a, there is a certain stillness that comes with this moment uh, where this expensive pause is quite literally buying us time to rethink uh, some of our choices and rethink what life could be like when we emerge from this and what life should be like as we emerge from this. There's an unrest underneath the stillness, of course. There are protests uh, uh, <laughs> uh, flaring up around the world against the stillness. Uh, but there is also this, this, it feels like this fragile brief pause and and so much can be decided so much can be thought about in this brief pause and it seems fitting then that this section here is such a short section it is a very very short section just a paragraph but in that paragraph david foster wallace reflects on things like the water of the sea and sand that are timeless that are here and they change every day but they're also permanent in some some ephemeral way. So with that sort of philosophical reflection on the nature of stillness and pauses, let us look forward to what section 12 will bring us tomorrow. And so in the meantime, I hope you all stay safe, stay home, stay healthy, and stay human. Thank you.